Hi, and welcome to Girl Highly Favored. I'm your host, Veronica Edwards. This show is about overcoming its childhood trauma, pain, self-sabotage, its beauty through the ashes, its spiritual, self-developing, its testimony, storytelling, and life experiences. So come on, listen in, and let's see where the Holy Spirit guides us. Today's show is all about Father's Day and our spiritual father. The Lord's Prayer, found in Matthew 6, 9 through 13, it's Jesus and he's giving us almost the instruction of prayer on how to pray and what to pray. And it starts off, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. We all have our Creator, whom says, He is our father. I personally never got to meet my dad. He died in a hunting accident when my mother was early into her pregnancy with me. And he was only 18 years old when he died. I have thought about him often over the years. Him being so young when he passed away, he didn't leave behind much, even in memory. And that's all that I'd have as a child, would be a handful of other people's memories of him. And sometimes that would be disappointing because I wanted, needed to know everything about him. And my mother would go on to marry or to remarry three more times throughout her life. So I had three stepfathers. The first two, I was still a child living at home, and I had a sister, one sister from each of her, her second marriage, she had one more daughter, and her third marriage, she had another daughter. And the first one, um, I was six months old when she married him, so I thought for the first six years of my life that he was my dad until one day she set me down and told me the truth. And I've already told that story as part of my podcast um, testimony. And so I I don't wanna repeat myself. Um, If you haven't heard that, listen to my testimonies, my personal stories, and they go into a lot more detail about the, uh, my mom and my dad's marriage and uh, how it ended with his death and her being pregnant and a widow and so young and her remarrying and how I actually found out the truth about my father. But um, as each of the first two stepfathers and uh, my mother would divorce again and I watched these men and the type of fathers that they were to my siblings and to myself the outsider and I say outsider because that's what I felt like and each one of them in their own ways over the years would do or say things that validated my feelings the first one the one I knew as daddy when when they divorced I believe gave it a good try but he didn't last long by the time she remarried and the second one, my second stepfather, and moved. He never came around, really. 
He was in and out of our lives at best and no real connection. He would show up years later and I remember one Christmas that he brought us gifts and we were so excited to see him and he had, we opened the gifts that he brought to each one of us and they were gifts for the age we were the last time he saw us, which we were little girls. And when he came that Christmas, we were preteens. And so of course, the things we were interested in, we had outgrown the gifts that he had given us, but I guess to him, we didn't quit growing just because he didn't come around. He bought for the girls we were, the girls he saw last. And I remember feeling hurt and uh, by the disconnection. And But it was more important to me just to see him and I didn't want to hurt him. So I didn't react disappointed. Instead, I acted excited for the gifts and, and I thanked him. And my mother always referred to him as a peddler. And he had a van and would uh, travel to different events and uh, events in different towns. And he would sell different items and uh, various things, anywhere from crystal dishes of different sorts, like candy dishes and bowls and uh, to pocket knives. He would just set up and sell these different things at different events. And he had been a veteran and uh, retired. And I remember like he lived, I guess, outside in his van. And uh, today that's a cool thing. Um, And I think that's something he really always wanted to do because when my mom and him were together, I remember he had a van with a stove in it and a sink and he used to talk about fixing it up and, and getting to go camping in it. So I don't think that he mind minded that he lived in a van. I think he always kind of wanted to, even though then it wasn't as popular as it is today. And uh, But she would always refer to him as a peddler. She didn't really care for his lifestyle. And I remember uh, there was a time when my sister, his daughter, had moved in with him and for a while, and uh, they had a house that he was renting, and but somehow they ended up in back in the van and I'm not really sure something awkward happened I'm gonna say and I never really heard the full story just bits and pieces of it and he's gone now my mom's gone now so I can't really go back and and ask those questions um, to them to find out the truth and you'd have to know my sibling to know that's whole story, but uh, I'm just gonna say something awkward happened there, and she ended up coming back uh, to my mom's house, and and I don't. But even with what happened, though, I, she still had a relationship with her father, and I remember they had a relationship up um, throughout most of her their adult lives, and but it was a strange relationship and uh, I remember just being around them both together maybe a handful of times and always kind of feeling awkward myself because they would just 
greet one another with curse words or call each other names, like foul names, and even flip each other off with their middle fingers. And I just really always found their relationship to be very odd and kind of made me feel awkward in a way. And um, I can't say that I was really ever jealous over their relationship um, because when I was younger there was times that I just longed for a dad and I didn't ever have that so I I guess you know really longed for one of them to really take me under their wing and and treat me special and I never received that either but as I got older, you know, you, you come to terms with things. And today we have uh, trigger warnings and you write trigger warnings on just about anything because just about anything can trigger people today. And I guess, you know, when you, when you have a relationship with Christ and you know him as your father and you, you heal, he heals you. And you, bring, you just have comfort and peace come over you to the point that the same things that used to wreck you one time just don't have that effect on you anymore and so I I don't know I don't need trigger warnings for anything that I'm gonna hear and and if it's something that I hear something and it touches my heart usually thankful for that even if it brings a good cry because sometimes we need a good cry it cleanses us again and it I think it's important to work through the things in our life that bring us anything other than joy or anything other than peace that it's important for us to work through that until we find that peace and it's so much easier to find when you have a relationship with Jesus Christ and but anyway I, I, I was not jealous of their relationship I remember as a little girl, and I've talked about this before in that same story in the past, um, um, where praying for him, like her and I shared a room together and we both had our twin bids with our little Mickey Mouse sheets. And I don't know if she ever prayed one time for her daddy across the room for me, but I remember every night praying for him, thinking, not knowing where he was out there in his van somewhere not knowing if he was okay and just asking God to watch over him. And I asked him to let him know, to let him feel that I loved him. And I never received that from him. And I remember he was in the hospital once and uh, it wasn't too long before he passed away. And I we thought maybe he was gonna be sick enough that he We wondered if he would make it out of the hospital. And so I went to see him and I I didn't know. So I thought not knowing whether he was gonna come out of the hospital or not, like this was my chance to tell him and, and to tell him that when I was a little girl that I prayed for him every night and that I always asked God to let him know and let him feel my love. And I said that to him standing at the foot of his bed and he didn't say anything. And that kind of hurt my feelings too, that he he didn't respond. But I was happy with myself when I left that room. I was proud of myself 
for standing up and, and saying it out loud to him. So it wasn't something that I was just going to live with the rest of my life. Whether he reacted or not, whether he re- said it, responded or not, I had spoken my true feelings, my, my truth. I spoke it out loud to him, and I was proud of myself for that. And it's helped me work through things to have been able to say that to him. And that's more than I can say I will get to do or will do with my youngest sibling's father, my second stepfather. My sister from stepdad number one, the one that I thought was my dad for six years, in my mom's third marriage, she became the middle child. She now had a stepfather, so she was experiencing that for herself on top of the different issues she was having with my mom and her father's divorce and probably somewhat the abandonment that she felt from her father and being a little girl and not knowing how to work those things out. and. Uh, I'm sure a lot of that has played its role in her life. I I know that it has. And helped mold her to be who she is today. And, uh, but my youngest sibling, her dad, I I always said he was like a gentle giant. Uh, He was over six feet tall and he had broad shoulders and he was a big guy. He was one of those guys that was going to shop at the big and tall section, the big and tall stores. And uh, he had been my mom's neighbor when they were kids. And that's how she originally knew him. And um, I remember one time before his daughter was born, he had to discipline me and my sister. And I'm not sure how he got that job that day. I'm not sure if my my mother must have coached him into doing it because it was truly like a scene out of Father's Knows, Father Knows Best from back in the day. And I'm telling my age, but when I tell on myself right then, I'm going to say that I was, uh, that show was older than I was, but it was still something that was syndicated back then and when I was young. and. I was drawn to that show. It was an old black and white sitcom. Fathers knows knows best. And uh, remember the younger girl, like he called her kitten. And I just always wanted that. Like I fantasized about having that dad. It was one of those old black and white sitcoms that had the good moral lessons inside of it. And um, for that time frame and. It was something that I watched and fantasized about because how I wanted to have a dad that would nickname me anything. And, um, or, but anyway, so when he disciplined us that day, he actually sat on our bed, on the edge of our bed, and he was like, I want you girls to know that this is going to hurt me more than it hurts you. And I remember one, one by one, from each of us, he would pick us up, like bend us over his lap and just gently spank us with his hand. And he had big hands and he had 
I'm sure he was heavy-handed, but he wasn't when he spanked us that day. I mean, we barely... The spanking didn't hurt. It was... He hurt our feelings that he... That he spanked us in the first place. And... So... I think that he told the truth, though, about it hurting him more than it hurt us, because he never laid a hand on us again. And, um... He never... Yeah, he never touched us again. Although, when my baby sister was born, he would spend years listening to my middle sister and I be abused in the back room with a belt. And he wouldn't allow my mother to hit his daughter, but he didn't stop her from beating us. We weren't being spanked. It was no father knows best going on in that bedroom uh, with that belt. We were being beat. And he sat in the other room and I know he heard and he never did anything. And I asked my sister, well, I didn't ask her. I told her one day that if there was things that bothered me about her father being a part of my life, that that was one of them, that I never understood. Why didn't he stop her? Why was, why, how could he have control over her abusing you, but he never stopped her from abusing us? And she said she asked him about that and that his answer was that my mother said that they're not yours, they're mine, and I'll do what I feel like I need to do. And so I can't say that I accept that because, I mean, I don't know. For me, it would be really hard for me to sit here, I sit in my living room, sit anywhere and watch someone or hear someone abuse a child and not say something. That's just who, how I am. Um, I can't do that. And so that's something that... Um, I guess got cleared up third party, kind of. But there was other things um, that involved him that my life could have been different because when I used the word gentle to explain his bigness, uh, you can exaggerate gentle by a thousand, it turned out. And... Maybe that's a story for another day. I'm not really sure yet because it's um, kind of hard to put your feelings together, put your traumas together, especially those from your childhood. And even if you've dealt with them and, and you've um, learned to cover, or not really cover, that's not the right word, but to, you just learn how to, where to place them in your life, to where they don't haunt you, but it's, there are things that I don't know, things about him, around the gentle in quotation marks, that came out years later, and I think that if he had been honest with himself, that uh, with my mother, 
my mother was a beautiful woman and there were a lot of men that would have probably loved to have been with her and had a chance to had had made a life with her and she chose him and but she didn't know his truth secrets and till they came out one day and those secrets were things that didn't because I was part of her I I can't we came as a package deal and because of that it kept me from my mom if my mom had met someone else that didn't have those secrets what would my life have been like would I had still came from another broken home or would I had had finally had a family that would have stuck together that they would have made it till the end I don't fault my mother for leaving him that's a hard thing for a woman to swallow especially a woman that was as modest as my mom was my mom was was who she was she was strict she was more than strict but she had a lot of pride in herself and she was very modest and she had high standards for herself and everyone else in our house and that really bit hard and um so anyway I think that that changed my life it put my life on a course that it didn't have to be on because of lies and I don't think I will ever have an opportunity to say that maybe it doesn't even matter maybe I, I really don't even need to because I've come to terms with that myself and I'm okay and I pray that he is I know that I tell you that I watched my uh, siblings have relationships each one with their father and my um, the first one my middle sister her father passed away close to a decade ago now and getting close to that time and my baby sister's father lives with her today and has for the last few years and they have a relationship they've been close through their trials and tribulations over the years and that's where he'll spend his last days and i i hope they're good ones and i know that my mother forgave him and i've forgiven him as well it's just uh when you look back when you're reflecting on things in your life especially your childhood and to think that it, it could have been different it could have been one less broken home that i would have went through and then uh she married her fourth husband in her final marriage and she stayed with him like 30 years uh, until she passed away just a few years ago from heart issues and uh He never had children. So, he had only been married once before, I think when he was 19 and they were only together a year. They didn't have children and he was a single bachelor for many years and he never had children with any other women. So, when my mom met him, she had 
two grown daughters that were out of the house and on their own. And my youngest sister was a teenager living with her father until eventually she ended up living with me and uh, my two children. And I ended up taking care of her the last couple years through her teen years until she met her first husband. And so that was something that was kind of confirmed when I said outsider too, because I believe one time her father, when she lived with me, and my mom or her father ever gave me a red scent the entire time that she lived with me for those years. But he would say things, and that's back when, if you're listening to my stories, that I was a dancer, and um, I danced for a living to take care of my kids and support us. And so back in that time frame, um, like he had choice words to say about how I made money, although he never paid a dime to help support her when she was there but it was like the oil and water and I wasn't her blood, but yet I was the one who was there and was always there and would be there today. So there was always those things that popped up over the years. And this is just my experience with fathers, but my, Mom's last husband, like I said, he didn't have any children, so it was kind of weird for him, I think. It was weird for all of us. Um, he he didn't know. you. When you're a parent, your mom or dad, you know that you're going to, you you know that you sacrifice a lot for your children. You put away your own wants a lot of times for your children to have their needs, their wants, and um, so he was, that wasn't something that he was ever accustomed to doing. He didn't have kids. He didn't have to give up anything. And, you know, that he was raised a certain way with his parents that when, by the time he was 18 years old and then getting out of the house, or even before that, I believe, that, you know, he went to work, he never asked him for anything. And so just and he was a very quiet man he still is and uh I still we just had lunch together for my birthday a couple weeks ago and he's a he was a good man he was a good man to my mom he gave her very nice things very nice home and she was very happy in the end of her life and I am very thankful and grateful for that uh looking back on everything it, it's it was awesome to know that she was cherished and well taken care of the last couple decades of her life. She had a good life. And he, like I said, is a good man and he has got a very kind heart and um, and hopefully a very long life ahead of him still. And it means a lot to me to stay in touch with him and to at least try to see him and keep up with him on the phone and just be a part of his life. And so, I've known other people throughout the years, and I've heard horror stories about people's fathers. I mean, my own children's father spent their entire childhood fighting alcoholism. 
and could be abusive as well. Not usually to them, that was to me before we were divorced and they came from a broken home. But we still, even after we were divorced, there was still that alcoholism that was always there. And I've met so many people that have shared stories about their fathers. And if it wasn't alcoholism or drug abuse, it was child abuse on some level or issues with abandonment that the father left and was never in the picture, never saw any, never saw them again or, or very rarely saw them. And um, that it really did a number on them. And every once in a while, it seemed like less, fewer in between that you'd meet somebody that had an amazing dad, like this wonderful dad, like the dad that was very active in their lives. And those would be the ones that I would fantasize about the most, like, because it would just be like, wow, like, why can't I have a dad like that? And, or how much I would have really wanted to have a dad like that. And it's sad that that was fewer of those that you get to see over the years, over the years of my life, but that I saw fewer people and met fewer people even through my adult life that could share stories about having this great dad or you'd meet friends and meet their dads and it'd be like, you, you know, like what a wonderful guy this guy is. And he, you could tell he really is in love with his kids and that they mean so much to him that he would do anything for them. And, um, you know, so you're a man out there and you got children. None of us are perfect. I wasn't a perfect mother. You know, it's just, I, I'm better at being a grandmother, I think, than I was at being a mother. And I still don't get that right every day. But, you know, just keep in mind, I know that sometimes it, dads out here today, they didn't have a great example of a father in their lives and of what that should look like either. And so, you know, just make an effort just to do a little better every day to just be a, it's really just being there, being an active listener, you know, um, just being someone that they can remember seeing in the picture that, that you're there. There's a relationship there. And that means so much to a child and because even if you're one of those dads that didn't have a great example of a dad, then you know what I'm talking about when I say that having that parent in your life or not in your life or how they act in your life goes with you from childhood into adulthood. And if it's a negative or traumatic situation, it lingers there for a while until you find that peace. And my heart has always had a soft spot for children like myself, children that were born to deceased fathers. The day they were born, their father was already gone from this earth. And every time I see that on the news or I know like 9-11, for example, had women that were pregnant and their husbands passed away in the towers. and my heart would just break for those children that weren't born yet because I know what they're 
going to go through. I know the emotions that those children will have throughout their years, and it's hard. But you know, if you don't have a father today, for whatever reason, I want you to know that you, your earthly father may not be here, may not be present, but you have a spiritual father. You have a heavenly father and he loves you and he wants to have a relationship with you. The word says, seek and you shall find him. That knock on the door and that door will be answered. It'll be open to you. And there are several, several verses of scripture that express this and uh, just a few of those, one would be 2 Corinthians 6.18. And it says, And I will be a father to you, and you will be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. And in Galatians 4.4-5, 4 But when the set time had finally come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law that we might receive adoption to sonship. How awesome is that? That we are God's children and that he has adopted us. And I did not always feel that. I did not always see it that way. Like I said, if you're listening along to my stories and my testimony that I share, you know I spent a lot of time in my life very angry with God. So I did not always feel that way. I did not always see that until I started to really have a relationship with God until I was seeking him on a regular basis until I was reading the word. And, um, if you don't read it, you don't know what it says. If you don't read it, you don't know how to make discernment. I know I hear a lot of people say, well, man wrote that and man wrote everything you're reading. But I, I see people that'll get all involved in, 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 in different books, even uh, fictional books with fictional characters that they know are fictional and talk about it like it's real. Man wrote every book that you're reading. Some, a man wrote that. But not all of them. When, when I wrote my book, um, Helen September, and, and I'm hoping soon to have, uh, Daryl, who narrated the book, to be on the show and um, do an interview about his story. And uh, when when I wrote my book, you know, he, I wrote the words. He narrated a lot of it because it was a story. And I feel like that's a lot of what the Bible is too. There's parts that are been written that was specifically words that Jesus said, and then the rest of it was written by people that actually walked with him and before. The Old Testament before Jesus was when God was actually would speak verbally. And if you don't know it, if you don't read it, then how can you make pass judgment off on it? How can you have any discernment over what it says? And discernment is so important in our lives. But I, I know that now my heart is grateful 
because because of my heavenly father has given me peace and that he's brought me from my broken heart over the years to having peace and comfort. There was a time when I could not tell any of these stories because I would have been crying my eyes out just trying to get through it, like with that heaving cry. And now I can speak on any of them. And that's because of the peace that I found through having a relationship with my Heavenly Father. So I'm going to leave you there today. And I I just want to say that I hope that you all had a wonderful Father's Day. And I hope that if for any reason that that part of your life is lacking in an earthly way, that you start looking to the Father you have in heaven because he's waiting for you. If you enjoyed today's show, please follow. I love hearing your feedback, so please interact and feel free to ask questions. And if you would like or feel led, you can support the show. Remember, in a world full of hate, love. In a world full of evil, be good. In a world full of lies, be honest. In a world that is blind, choose to see. Until next time, sending you love and prayers.